The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. everybody to another edition of MLB DFS Quick Hits. This is your Thursday, June 29th edition. Got a five-game early, eight-game main slate to attack. So 13 games overall. Um, hope everybody enjoyed their 13-game main slate on Wednesday. Pretty entertaining slate to say the least. Pitching was all over the board. Some of the gambles I told you if Snell's walking guys were in trouble, that happened. Paulino, I told you it was hit or miss, and I told you make sure to have some A's. You saw why. It was going to be one or the other, and there it was, and the A's just went bananas. My God. Um, but overall, pretty solid stuff as usual. Strasburg was just filthy, 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 filthy. That just goes to show you when you're facing a team that strikes out a ton with a strikeout pitcher, you can give up a couple runs and still get you a boatload of points. Um Last time I checked, he had 35. I think he got close to 40 points last night, if not 40. It was just crazy what Strasburg did. Um, beautiful stuff. But on to today, where, like I said, five-game early, eight-game main. Let's <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Let's take a quick look at your weather for the day. Um, real quick here. Strasburg got 38.75. I had to check before I kept going here. Okay, your weather for the day. Texas at Cleveland. It's going to be hot and humid. Wind blowing out hard to right field. Um, should be a good one there. Kansas City, Detroit. Wind blowing in hard from right. Chances of rain all throughout. Peter's off as the day goes on, so we'll see, keep an eye on that one. Um, there's some good bats to attack in that game, so we need that one to play. Oakland at Houston, Dome should be closed. Um, St. Louis, Arizona, Dome should be closed because it's going to be hot, hot, hot. And then the last day game you have is Chicago at the Nationals. Nice and warm, mid to high 80s, humid, wind blowing out to center field. Nice hitting environment there. To the evening slate, wind sh- uh, roof should be closed in Toronto. If not, wind's blowing out hard to right. Uh, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, wind's blowing across the field with good warmer weather for hitting conditions. Minnesota at Boston, winds blowing out hard over the monster. Let's get some bats going in that one. David Price, I see you. Yankees at White Sox, wind blowing out hard to right in that one. Uh, there's some rain coming in later that night, and some of it looks pretty thick. So keep an eye on that one. That's a game we'd like to get some bats in. 
So if that rains out, that would stink. Other than that, we are good to go. Um, I'm going to go over a couple of BVP players towards the end of the pod for those that like them. Usually I don't, but if there's a couple that stand out, I'll try to remember to get them. So we'll go there later today. Uh, when it comes to the slates, we'll start with your five-game early slate. And your top pitching options, a no-brainer. And we all know every pitcher is going to have a bad start from time to time. Facing a Texas offense, it's very possible with that power. But Corey Kluber is just amazing. Uh, since coming off the DL, he's filthy. I told you guys to watch the video on a slider. His last start, my goodness, he's still just snapping that thing off. Since coming back from the DL, 35.7, 22.1, 28.2, 49.5, and 38.8. DraftKings points, his last three starts, 13, 11, and 10 strikeouts. He's been absolutely filthy. The last 30 days, he's number one in barrel FIP, getting barreled 0.78% of the time. And those barrel, the barrel FIP's only 1.24, which is outstanding. In those 30 days, 40.31% strikeout rate. I think in this whole season, when I've read you these guys on these lists, I've never seen a 40%er. That's how filthy he has been right now. It is, it's, if you like watching the art of pitching, watching Corey Kluber right now is art. And his last start, I know people were, were sweating it because that first inning got ugly. He got out of it. They were unearned runs because of errors. And then he just destroyed them. Just started striking out guy after guy after guy. That's what the clue bot can do. Um, the game totals nine and a half on this one. A lot of that's due to Kashner. You have a lot of high totals overall on the slate. Didn't go over those. Sorry. But uh, a lot of high totals. Kluber is facing a Texas team, strikes out 23.5% of the time. He has a swing strike rate close to 15% and a ground ball rate over 48%. I shouldn't have to go too much farther into Kluber for you. Rangers have the lowest team total on the, the day slate at 3.77. Lefties 286, righties 260. They do have a good Woba and a very good ISO of 192 versus right-handed bat, uh, pitching. That's like I told you with Bauer. Bauer's got some nice upside, but you know there could be a home run from time to time. Chirinos went deep. And then Andrews went deep off the bullpen. So there's always the long ball in play, but Kluber's home run fly ball is only 12.3%. He's outstanding. I, I just blabbed on way too long for a guy that's pretty obvious. Uh, next up, Brad Peacock, 9,700 against the A's. That's an expensive tag for Peacock. But on a five-game slate, it can be justifiable. This guy has been very good. Uh, last couple starts, five and two-thirds, four hits, one earned, eight Ks. For 27.2 at Oakland. For that at home against Texas, four and two-thirds, two hits, one earned 10 Ks for 24.9. Had a rough start against the Angels, and then 27.9 against Texas. He's been very, very good with insane strikeout ability this year. I was listening to one of the um, Fangraphs podcasts, and they were talking about how he changed his arm angle and uh, purposely to get different movement on his pitches this year, and it's showing. He's been great when it comes to the strikeouts. Facing an ace team that strikes out 25% of the time, Peacock right now striking out over 35% of the batters he's facing. That's Kluber type stuff. Swinging strike rate of 14.1%. The problem with Peacock is he walks a lot of guys. He has a 13% walk rate, so we have to keep that in mind. But his home run to fly ball is only 3%, which is amazing for the teams. He's faced some tough offenses and in that ballpark, which is outstanding. You got the A's who have a, um, a team total that's not out yet because of the pitching changes. But uh, left-handed bats, 299 righties, 255 versus Peacock. But again, the A's have tons of thumps. So I think Peacock's a very justifiable play with the strikeout upside. He's going to give up a few runs. If he's not walking guys, he should have a really good start. But that's a big if. 
So it's just like yesterday. The way the A's are swinging with power right now, I'm not saying stack them, but, you know, have like the Healy's, the Lowry's, the Chris Davis. Have some of them sprayed out through lineups or make one lineup with the stack if you want. Um, just because they have tremendous upside with their bats. But Peacock is a solid play if he's not walking, guys. Um, a lot of people will flock to Michael Fulmer at 9,400 at home against the Royals. If you've been listening long enough, I just can't stand Fulmer because the ceiling's not that high. He's it, It's pretty low. He's averaging 17.3 points, but most starts at 15 or below. His last four, he pitched great at San Diego, but that's at San Diego. Prior to that, against Tampa Bay at home, nine points. Against the Angels at home, minus 3.7. Against the White Sox at home, 15. Um, I'd rather gamble on Peacock for 300 more with tremendous upside then take a guy with a floor like that and a ceiling like that. I mean, it's just, that's just the way I play GPPs. If you want safety, you go safety, but the Royals offense has improved. And one thing I wanted to mention about Fulmer is it's, you know, it's not the biggest sample size. He's had seven home starts and seven road starts this year, but he has a four, six, one ERA at home and a two, one, six on the road, averaging 12 DraftKings points at home this season. For some reason in that big spacious ballpark, he has struggled a ton so just keep that in mind with Fulmer. I won't be using him, but you'll hear his name a lot. John Lester, 8,000 at the Nationals. is a GPP play. It'll be contrarian. Nationals offense is on fire. It's hitting everything. Um, if Trey Turner gets on base, he might still 12 bases today because Lester can't hold on anything. Um, but he's been really good of late. 18.8, 19.9, 34.2 in his last three starts. A couple things to worry about. Nine home starts, seven road. He has a 2.68 ERA at home, but a 5.49 on the road. <clears throat> now 5.49 on the road still is good for almost 14 DraftKings points per start, which at 8K is not ideal, but it's not horrible. They said he's been better of late. Strikeouts have been up. He's had a lot of first inning woes on the season. Uh, he's facing a Nats team that strikes out almost 21% of the time. In the last 30 days, he's. Um, 17th best on the barrel fit board, striking out almost a little over 24% of the batters he faces, getting barrel 3.25% of the time. So he's a sneaky play. Uh, the Nats are always a threat, always. That's never going to be in question. But day game after night game, they like to rest some of their veterans like Zimmerman and stuff. Maybe he's in the lineup. These are things you got to look at. If the lineup dictates, Lester could be in a really sneaky spot today. Um, even without just a regular lineup, it's a tough lineup. But it's just sneaky contrarian-wise on a small slate. you got to be different, and Lester could be that piece. But it's risky. Another risky play in that same exact game is Joe Ross at 7200 bucks. The kid has immense talent. Uh, I was really looking forward to him coming into the season. He struggled mightily to start the year. Got sent down to get his mind right to fix some things. Since his recall, he's been he's been decent. Um, he had a spot start against Baltimore in early June where he did great. Then he struggled against Atlanta. Did okay at Miami. Did strike out four, which was nice to see. Gave up two earned and six. But his last time out looked a lot better. At home against Cincinnati, seven innings, six hits, one earned, five Ks, 23.6 DraftKings points. Now, the price tag has jumped on him, maybe because ownership-wise, small slate, a lot of factors. But it's risky just because it's only one real good start lately. You don't know what you're going to get. You're facing a Cubs team, though. That many still think are the Cubs, and they're not. They've been really, really bad. Their strikeout over 22% of the time versus righties. Ross has like a 21% K rate. He only walks like 4.8%, which I love. Ground ball rate about 37. The hard contact and the home run to fly ball are a concern. That's always been a problem with him of late, at least this season. 
But uh, overall, the Cubs only a 4-4-1 total. Lefties 368, righties 295. They have an extreme ISO, but an average WOBA. So it's a sneaky play. Like the Cubs, yes, sure. Chris Bryant, Rizzo's a great play today. Uh, there's some good options there. At the same time, Ross can be very sneaky if he can just build off of what he did last time. Even if he gets up three or four runs instead of one, but gets you the seven plus strikeouts at this price tag of seventy two hundred bucks, especially on a five game slate, even on a regular slate, but five game slate, it can be tremendous. Because even still, people see the Cubs and they're scared. And by no means is Joe Ross, Max Scherzer, or Steven Strasburg, but. You saw what those guys just did to that lineup. They carved them up, and you'd expect them to do, be dominant against most teams. But they made a Cubs team look pretty, pretty average the last two days. Now they could explode on Ross and get all their vengeance back today. So it's risky, but it is an interesting play at 72. Now I'm going to preface this below Ross. I'm not a big fan of anybody. I'm just going to throw out if you need a punt play for any reason, if you need one. And you want to get really weird because it's a GPP punt. Gossett of Oakland's 5400 bucks, and he's been really good his last two starts. He's made three career starts. His first one, he got blown up at Miami. But since then, at home against this Houston team, six and two-thirds, six hits, two earned, six Ks for 19.4 points. And then at the White Sox, who's been hitting really well of late, six innings, five hits, no earned, and five Ks for 23.9 points. Those would be phenomenal at 5400 bucks. You're just looking for, like, at least 10, hopefully 15-plus points at this price tag. So you're gonna, as long as he can get you a few strikeouts, minimize the damage. Houston's bats are on fire, They're especially on fire at home. We saw what they did like Jesse Hahn last night. My goodness, but Hahn's been pretty bad. Gossett was one of their higher prospects. He was in their top 30 list. Houston doesn't strike out a ton, 18% K rate. Gossett's got a 17% K rate, but only a 3% walk rate. Ground ball rate of 49%. So he's just got to limit the hard contact and the home run fly ball, and it's interesting, but by no means is it great. Lefty's 283, righty's 318, small sample versus Gossip, but those are good if they keep trending that way. It's tough. That'd be phenomenal. And we know Houston can crush it. Amazing Woba of 354, ISO of 207 versus righty's. All great. So extremely risky, but it's got some interesting GPP upside with Gossett at 54. So I got Kluber at 12.6, far and away the top choice. Peacock at 97, tremendous upside. Uh, Lester at 8K, Ross at 72, and Gossett at 54. You're taking gambles on this slate, but that's what you do on five-game slates. Let's check out your catchers. Uh, Alex Avila at 4K is phenomenal. I told you I loved him as my high-priced guy yesterday. He went deep. Um, won't go deep every game, obviously, but just the way he's hitting the ball so hard, especially against right-handed pitching. He's got a 321 batting average on the year, a 1.032 OPS. It's just outstanding. Uh, he's 4K, first base catcher eligible. I don't mind Salvi Perez at 38. He's hitting the ball really, really well this year against righties and lefties. Brian McCann, 37 versus Gossett, is in play. If not Gaddis at 41, but I'd rather pay four for Avila than 41 for Gaddis. Uh, yeah, Yadier Molina against Patrick Corbin. If Yadier is starting day game after a night game, but 3,600 is in play against Corbin. Um, Corbin has been getting hit quite a bit, as we've talked about on most pods giving up a lot of loud, hard contact to right-handed bats. Uh, Trinos, 3,300, is the clue bot. So I wouldn't do too much fading to Kluber, but if you want to be really contrarian with home run upside, he went deep yesterday, just like Avila. He won't go deep every game, but he's got that power ability against Kluber at 33. It's an interesting play. Chris Herman, if he gets the start in the lineup, center field, our catcher, outfield eligible, 3,300 versus Lance Lynn. 
Uh, Lynn's been off and on okay this year, but facing a D-backs team in chase with a 5-1-2 total. Lefty's hitting 356 off the Lynn, right? He's only 269, but lefty's 356. Makes Herman a sneaky play. He seems to weirdly come through in these day slates. I'm telling you, I don't know why, but he he, he manages to do things. So keep an eye on Herman at 33. Um, as you go down the list some more, Matt Weeters at 3K versus Lester is sneaky good. When you look at Weeters and BVP, uh, for those BVP truthers out there, uh, da, 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 here he is. He is 16 for 47 live downs for a 340 average versus Lester, three doubles and a triple, eight RBIs. So it's not bad for 3,000. Uh, he's been producing pretty well of late. I've mentioned him as being cheap a lot. He's averaging almost seven DraftKings points his last 10 games. If you look at his last four games, 14, 0, 12, 12. So he's playing a good stick right now at 3K versus Lester. As you continue to go down, you could look into maybe Jan Gomes versus Kashner at 27 with some upside. Uh, Bruce Maxwell at 27 versus Pe- Peacock. I know he didn't do anything yesterday, but he's 2,700 bucks. This is what's going to happen. And I told you when you look at his game ta- uh, game logs, it's like double-digit game, zero, zero, double-digit, double-digit, zero. He's, he's going to be all or nothing. So Maxwell still has that potential at 2,700. Don't mind that. If for some reason Eric Fryer gets to start for St. Louis instead of Yadier, that's a, not a bad punt play at 25 versus Corbin. That's something I definitely would look into in that matchup. So Maxwell and maybe Fryer is some cheaper catchers if you need them. First base, you got Goldie at 56. Lynn's been really, really good against righties. So if you want to pay up, you can. But there's a lot of good options at first. So totally up to you. Encarnacion versus Kashner at 48. That's so a pretty solid play. Kashner's been slowly getting beat up more and more and more. So Encarnacion, definitely worth a look. Uh, Zimmerman versus Lester at 10K. If he's in the lineup, it's a very intriguing play. I like Rizzo a lot. Uh, a lot of people are probably going to flock to Ross because of the price tag to match with Kluber. He's been pitching well with the way the, the Cubs have been shut down. I'm not saying stack the Cubs, but a guy like Rizzo at 4,600 leading off the way lefties can hit Ross. There's tremendous upside with Rizzo today at 4,600 bucks. Carlos Santana at 42 versus Kashner. That price tag's finally come up on Carlos. He's in a really good matchup versus Kashner. Um, When you look at the Indians, you have a team total of 573. It's highest on the slate at the moment. Lefties hitting 360, righties 337 off Kashner. Indians should be quite popular and rightfully so. And Santana at 42. Not a bad play. You save 600 bucks on, on Encarnacion if you want it. Um, we know he struggled lately, but very good matchup. Avila's right there. Marvin Gonzalez at 39. You got Matt Carpenter at 39. He can hit lefties, but Corbin's much better against lefties and righties. Megan Cabrera, he's up to 3,800 bucks. Still hasn't cracked that 4K amount. I'm telling you, it's still too cheap. I know Junis, you know, he's not the worst pitcher. He's not the best, but Miggy's homer in back-to-back games now. He's really putting it together, guys. I know if you've been listening, you've been paying attention to that. Uh, we look at the Tigers, 5-1-8 totals, one of the higher ones on the slate. Uh, lefty's hitting 359, righty's 391 off Junis. Miggy Cabrera at 300 bucks is a great play, the way he's swinging the bat right now. I like it a ton. You could save some serious cash here. You could stack your Tigers and get a Peacock-Kluber lineup. And get at least, at least a mini stack, get a Peacock-Kluber, and then piece stuff around. You can almost stack. Okay, I know I'm going off the rails here for a minute. But if you want to get really creative... Because everyone's going to flock to St. Louis, Arizona. You can get some cheaper St. Louis bats if you want because Arizona is always expensive. Or you could game stack Kansas City and Detroit, which will be super contrarian, I think. Uh, like really, really contrarian. And if that game it goes off the way it can go off, things will be nice. 
Now, don't come yelling at me if it doesn't. That's just the risk we're taking. But it sets up for nice things. Like Eric Hosmer's 38 versus Fulmer. That's got tremendous upside. Uh, Royals do have a decent team total on this slate of 4-3-2. Lefty's 271. Righty's 289 with Fulmer. I just can't trust that guy. Um, V-Mart's back at 36. I just pay up for Miggy at 38. That's a no-brainer to me. Um, if you go down some more, you have the likes of Joey Gallo if you want to punt versus Kluber at 34. Yonder Alonso's day-to-day is 34. I love Ryan Healy. If you're not using Peacock, tremendous upside with Ryan Healy at 34. I mentioned how he, he's, his power's everywhere right now, but especially against righties. He had another home run yesterday, grand slam the day before in that ballpark. Uh, a guy I've been mentioning, and here's a cheap option for you today. I love him. Uh, Jose Martinez, a right-handed bat. He's first base outfield eligible for the Cardinals. He's 3300 bucks versus Corbin. A lot of power in that bat. Um, he's you know he's not on fire at the moment, but we've used him at times. And for a value play, definitely in play today. First base and third base eligible. Over to second base, Jose Ramirez at 53 is phenomenal. If you can afford him, that's a great play. He's just crushing the baseball. 2v at 51 is not bad at all. Daniel Murphy, 49. He can hit lefties just fine. Went deep yesterday. Kinsler at 45 is intriguing versus Junis. He's like one of the... Only really high-priced guys besides your normal outfield combo we like. Uh, DeJong at 43. His price tag is, just continues to climb. Uh, it's hard to pay that, but on a small slate, I can get behind it. Yeah, Kipnis at 4K, that's just value against Kashner. He should be chalky. Um, Ian Happ from the left side versus Ross at 4K. A little uh, Rizzo Happ, 1-2 punch at the top of the order is not bad. And Whit Merrifield at 36 with some upside. Descalso. Left-handed bat against Lynn at 36. Mentioned how lefties hit Lynn rather well. That can be sneaky. Jed Lowry, if you're not using Peacock, a great play at 34. Good power upside. Went deep yesterday. I like that a lot. And then as you go down for value, if Greg Garcia cracks the lineup, he's a lefty bat at 25. Um, other than that, not too much to take home at second base. Going over to third base, Jose Ramirez there again. If not Jake Lamb, 5K against Lynn and Chase. Love it. Jericho against Corbin at 43 is very, very nice. Rendon, 42 versus Lester is very intriguing. Castellanos, 39 versus Junis has tremendous upside. I really like Mike Moustakis. He's only 3800 bucks versus Fulmer, and he now has 20 home runs. He had number 20 yesterday. Um, he is hitting the ball really, really well this year. Good matchup at 3800 bucks versus Fulmer. Beltre at 36 versus Kluber, home run upside. Uh, there's Ryan Healy yet again. That name just keeps hitting you in the face. It's a great play. Really, really like me some Healy if you're not using Peacock, obviously. Shortstop, Carlos Correa at 52. Trey Turner, 51. If he gets on base, he's going to run for days against Lester. So there's a lot of value in that. Lindor at 44 versus Kashner is not bad at all. Lindor's a great play. Uh, Elvis Andrews versus Kluber, 39. If you want to make an arranger stack to get different, hoping Kluber blows up, there's power upside, but as you've seen in both games this series, Clevenger and Bauer have pretty much kept them quiet outside of a few home runs. So stringing together a stack with Texas is very tough because they're not stringing together big innings. Maybe they do today versus Kluber. Who knows? Uh, Eric Gonzalez is a cheap second-base shortstop option for Cleveland's 3,200 versus Kashner if he's in the lineup. Barreto at 3K is in play. Don't mind him at all. I know he's, you know, he's... Not on fire, fire, but there's so much upside with that kid. I like him a ton. And let's head to the outfield. Springer at 54. He's on fire. Went yard again yesterday. Bryce Harper at 53. J.D. Martinez at 48. Love him. 
Peralta at 47 is very intriguing versus Lynn. Uh, you got Michael Brantley at 44 versus Kashner. There's a good left-handed bat. You got Justin Upton at 43. Reddick at 43. That's a little pricey for Reddick, but I guess I can see it. Chisinau at 42 I like a lot. Tommy Pham, some right-handed power against Corbin at 42 is very much in play. Randall Gritchick at well at four, as well at 4K is in play. Mentioned Hap. You got Piscotti, a right-handed bat versus Corbin at 3,900. So some decent-priced outfielders for St. Louis. Uh, Bonifacio at 3,800 has got some power versus righties against Fulmer. Uh, Low Kane at 37. K with the Chris Davis at 37. Big game on Wednesday. Big, big game. Mentioned Descalso. Got Greg Arblanco likely leading off at 3,500. Um, Matt Joyce at 34 if you want to save. Mazzara at 33 if you're doing that whole thing. But Martinez, again, I mentioned him earlier. Jose Martinez for St. Louis, 3,300 bucks. First base outfield eligible. And uh, Ryan Rayburn should be in the lineup versus a lefty. He's 3,200 versus Lester if you need a punt. Mikey Matak is 3,100 versus Junis. He's been batting second for Detroit. If they go off, he'll definitely be in the middle of it. So it's a sneaky value play at 31. Uh, you got Brugman at 28 versus Peacock. That's not horrible. Matt Olson's 26 versus Peacock. He went deep again yesterday. If you're not using Peacock, Olson has amazing, amazing value at 2600 bucks. We've seen him go over, but the way Peacock walks, guys, and his ability with power, great, great upside there. So there's your five-game slate. Kluber, Peacock, Lester, Ross, Gossett, some risky plays except for Kluber. Kluber is just outstanding. Uh, should be chalky, and, you know, honestly, people say avoid the chalk. You do have to be different on these early slates, but it's hard to avoid Kluber, I'll be honest. Uh, that's a great look there. For your day game stacks, Cleveland versus Kashner is amazing. Um, Houston and Oakland bats are both in play, especially if you're not using Peacock, but I like Peacock quite a bit for his upside, especially without many options, but... Cleveland against Kashner is as chalky and obvious as you get. Detroit versus Junis, 518 total, like I mentioned. Lefty's 359, righty's 391. Like that a lot. Miggy's too cheap still. The left-handed bats versus Lance Lynn in Arizona is really solid. Um, quite solid. But St. Louis versus Corbin, lefty's 316, righty's 366. They have a 488 total. There's some value to be had with the Cardinals, so don't sleep on them. And, you know, you got the Nats. And the Cubs, Cubs lefties, I mentioned that can be sneaky because uh, they'll be popular. Um, Ross will be popular, I mean. And then, yeah, you can go down throughout that. Now let's get into your eight-game main slate and uh, kick it off with your highest-priced pitcher. Shocker, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, $13,300 at the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Kershaw was solid, six innings, four hits, eight Ks for 30.5 points his last start. Prior to that, though, a 22-1 and a 19, which you can't be having with that price tag. But then it was Kershaw, 32-2, 40, a 6, and a 36-5. Overall, he's averaging 26 fantasy points per start. He's been getting hit around a lot lately. I'm going to be blatantly honest with that. He's been giving up home runs. And for the first time this year, talking about a start with Kershaw, I'm going to double-check before I completely talk out of school on this sheet, but I did not see him. No, he is not. Clayton Kershaw is not on the last 30 days top 25 barrel fit. He's gone. He's been getting hit. He's still sixth overall in the season, but his barrel rate's up to 4.74, striking out 29% of the batters he faces on the season. But his last 30 days, he's been getting hit around quite a bit. 
it's something to keep in mind. He still has an outstanding swinging strike rate of almost 13%, ground ball rate of 45. His home run to fly ball is up to 17.7%. It's interesting. Uh, the Angels strike out almost 19% of the time. Not saying Kershaw's not a good play by any means. Angels have the lowest total on the slate of 326. They, uh, Kershaw, lefty's hitting 218, righty's 233. Angels have an abysmal Woba of 121 versus lefties. They struggle mightily. Kershaw is a very, very good play. No doubt about it. I did want to mention one thing on the BVP meter here. Um, as you go down to the Kershaw matchup, Pujols, 11 for 29 lifetime, a 379 average of four doubles. Other than that, the, the, the active roster is a career 196 against Kershaw. He's a really good play. There's no hiding that at all. So if you want to go there, Kershaw 13-3, knock yourself out. The other high price arm, Chris Archer, 11-3 at the Pirates. Archer, we know his home run splits. He's been a little better his last few starts on the road. Pittsburgh's a team that strikes out 19% of the time. Archer, the last 30 days, 16th best on the barrel FIP, striking out 28.36% of the batters he's facing, only giving up 3.73% barrels, swinging strike rate of 13%. Been really solid, really solid the last month or so. Facing a Pittsburgh Pirates team with a 395 total, at second lowest on the evening. Lefties are hitting 309, righties 291. A lot of righties in that lineup. Um, their average Woba and average ISO versus righties. Archer's a sneaky good play tonight, especially with if people flock to Kershaw. You can save 2K and go to Archer, and I have no problem with that at all. I know he's riskier on the road than at home, but he's in a good matchup in a, in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. He's not having to face a DH like he always does. There's there's good upside with Archer tonight. As we go to your middle pack, you got J.A. Happ, $8,700 at home against the Baltimore Orioles. I love this play tonight. Um, we know Baltimore has power potential at any time, but Happ, since returning... His last three starts, 20.6, 26.2, 29.3 at Kansas City against the White Sox teams that hits lefties well and at Seattle. Um, he's pitching really, really well, and he's facing a Baltimore team that strikes out almost 26% of the time versus left-handed pitching. Hap striking out 26%, only walking 3.7, ground ball rate of 45, hard contacts only 30.3. I actually love what I'm seeing from Hap. Uh, Baltimore's got a 4-4-2 total, but lefties are in 296, righties 291 off a of half. Average Woba, a little above average ISO, nothing too crazy with Baltimore. So the power potential's there, there's no doubt. But Hap's in a sneaky good spot at 87, and I think people will stray away because they'll see Baltimore's, you know, big power bats that really haven't been that powerful lately. And if tonight's the night they go off, so be it. But Hap's in a really good spot for a low-owned contrarian GPP-type play. Even cash, I think he's got upside for you. If you want to go that route, but half at 87, I like quite a bit. Jimmy Nelson, 8,600 at Cincinnati. Uh, I just want to bring Jimmy up because he's having a really, really good year. In the past, he struggled mightily, but uh, been really good lately, averaging 17.7 DraftKings points per start. The last 30 days, 12th best on the barrel FIP. Getting barreled 2.14% of the time, striking out almost 28% of the batters he faces, which is really good. Facing a Cincinnati team, strikes out 21% of the time. Ground ball rate of 50%, which will be needed in Great American Small Park. He's facing the Reds team. He's, as well as Nelson's pitch, the team total is 5.02. Lefty's 325, righty's 344. They have an amazing Woba and an amazing ISO. So it's an extremely risky play. Out of the four guys in this price range I'm looking at, he's my fourth. I want to mention him as he's he's got tremendous upside, but there's tremendous risk. Um, you know, you got Joey Votto and company. Duvall's homer in back-to-back games. Shebler's due. Um, they got a lot of thump, 
in that lineup. But Nelson's been really, really good. He's been limiting the hard contact, so I want to bring him up as an interesting GPP option. Jamison Tyon, $7,500 at home against the Tampa Bay Rays. I love Tampa Bay's bats almost any day, and I love them against right-handed pitching pretty much every day, yes. And I do like them today. I have no problem using them. But Tyon's got tremendous upside in this matchup since returning from his injury. 21.1, then 5.9 versus Chicago, and then 19.9 at St. Louis. He's pitched really good, facing a Rays team that does strike out a lot. They strike out. Where is my Tyon? There he is. Strike out 25% of the time versus righties. Tyon strikes out over 21%. He has an outstanding ground ball rate of 52.4% and a hard contact rate of only 27.3. Tremendous upside with him, you know. And for a Tampa Bay team that rakes and usually has really high team totals, they have the third lowest one on the evening slate at 4.05. Lefties are in 302, righties 313 versus Tyon. We know the ex- insane Woba and ISO, the 210 ISO, still just blows my mind with Tampa Bay. So there's tons of upside. But you've seen in the first two games in the series, they've scored runs, but it hasn't been that dominant Tampa Bay slugging attack a lot. Not, I don't really know home runs. It hasn't been the scariness people have been used to. Can Tyon blow up? Yes. But at 7500 bucks, there's a lot of upside with Tyon in this matchup with the Ks, with just the ballpark factor, a lot of things to like about Tyon. Last guy in this range, Denelson Lamette, 7K at home against Atlanta, two things. He's placed in Atlanta, which is outstanding. And he's got great K rate his last three games, 5, 12, and 6. Last two starts, 17.1, 29.1 points. I was home against Detroit and then at Milwaukee. He's been taking advantage of the strikeouts, and he faces an Atlanta team, which strikes out 19.3% of the time versus righties. Lamette, like I said, striking out 32.3% of batters he's facing. Small sample. Last 30 days, all season, he's been getting hit hard. You're, you're paying for the strikeouts and hoping he limits damage. Last 30 days, he's seventh worst on the barrel flip. He's getting barreled 10% of the time. That is not ideal, but he's striking out almost 31% in those last 30 days, so pick your poison. That's the name of this game. He's 7K, swinging strike rate of 14%, but like I said, hard contact is scary. He's in Petco, which is great. He's facing Atlanta, who has the fourth lowest total on the evening slate at 417. Lefties are hitting 466, but righties are only 209. Outside of Enciarte, Marquecas, Adams, you might get a straggler lefty like Peterson in there or something. Overall, it's a right-handed dominant lineup, and he dominates right-handed bats. So if he can navigate those, basically top four in the order, because Kent will be there at third, if he can navigate those top four, that back end, Sets up nicely for some big strikeout numbers for Lamette. Um, sneaky play at 7K. So in the middle price range, I had Happ at 87, Nelson 86, Tyon 75, Lamette 7. I ranked them Lamette for upside alone. And then Happ number 2, Tyon 3, Nelson 4. If you want to go Tyon 2, I'm fine with that. I think Tyon is in a really good spot, but Happ, sneaky, sneaky good spot. Let's go below 7K for our four punt plays. I actually don't mind on this slate. The top one. Jaime Garcia, $6,700 at San Diego. I know Jaime let us down against the Giants. He was pitching well and then got beat up. Same against Miami. Pitching well is still ended with 9.4 points. Prior to that, pretty solid overall average of 13.1 DraftKings points per start, which at $6,700, I'll sign up for. And he's facing Atlanta, which we love. Uh, When you're looking at Jaime Garcia, 
You're facing a San Diego team that strikes out 25% of the time versus lefties. He's only striking out 17.3, but he's got a ground ball rate of 55.7 and an amazing hard contact rate of only 27%. I love that. Padres 4-3-3 total. Lefties 304, righties 332, but they have a way, way, way below average Woba of 277 versus lefties, an okay ISO of 135. Righties do hit Garcia well, so there's there's tons of risk with Jaime. There's no doubt about it, but there's also tremendous upside against the Padres team that overall struggles against left-handed pitching. I walked past one. Jose Urena at 6800 bucks at home against the Mets. Mets bats blew up last night against Locke. They've been swinging it okay of late. Urena, his last few starts, I just want to throw this out, 18.7 versus the Cubs, 12.7 at Atlanta, 20.5 against the A's, um, 15.7 at the Cubs, got beat up by Arizona, 19.9 versus the Angels. He's been pretty good. That's, what, five of six, very decent starts. Scary part is he's number two worst on the barrel fifth the last 30 days, getting barreled 6.9% of the time. Striking out 14.7%. His problem is walking over 12% of the batters he faces. That's Urena's problem. That seems to be a problem with a lot of our punts. They walk too many guys. Um, the Mets strike out 19% versus righties. Got a 41.5% ground ball rate. Not bad. Um, Mets have one of the lower totals as well. 432. Lefties 318. Righties 333. It's a risk reward. The Mets bats could explode against him in a heartbeat. But tremendous upside. And he's always low owned. So I wanted to bring up Jose Urena. Next up, J.C. Ramirez of the Angels going up against Kershaw and the Dodgers. No one's going to own him tonight. No one. Because, A, if they want a cheap option because they have Kershaw, we're not taking his opponent. And, B, it's the Dodgers. Everyone's terrified of the Dodgers. I get it. Last start out at Boston, 22.5. At home against Kansas City, 2.8. At home against the Yankees, 20.2. You never know what you're going to get with Ramirez. But he always has tremendous K upside. Five or more Ks and three straight starts. Uh, he's facing a Dodgers team who uh, is J.C. Ramirez. Dodgers team strikes out 23.3% of the time versus right-handed pitching. He is 12th worst on barrel fifth the last 30 days, getting barreled almost 7% of the time. But he's striking out 21.55% in that period. That's a trade-off almost worth taking. Ground ball rate of 47.1%. Just keep the ball down. Dodgers also have a low total. Uh, one, two, three, fifth lowest on the slate. Lefty's hitting 343. Righty's only 294 versus Ramirez. So the, the Dodgers, you know, they can hit righties extremely well. But Ramirez in a sneaky, sneaky spot. That's 5600 5600 That's George Springer price. Bryce Harper price. Aaron Judge price. You do that in a heartbeat. And your last one, I just want to bring up Luis Sessa of the Yankees. 5300 versus Shields. Uh, he's been working out of their bullpen. We saw him a little bit last year. His first start was against Texas. Five innings, three earned, eight Ks for 17.7. White Sox can hit the ball. I just wanted to bring him up as an extreme punt at 53 because there is upside there. The White Sox strike out almost 23% of the time. Sessa has been striking around 25 and a half. Ground ball rate of 45.5. Swing strike rate around 11. Low hard contact. There's upside with Sessa. You just don't know how many innings he's going to go, and the White Sox bats can explode. They have a 507 total. Lefties 316, righties 326. Low Woba, but decent ice versus righties. It's a sneaky matchup. We saw Severino do well. We saw Tanaka do really well last night also. So it's sneaky, but uh, you, you would never be surprised if he got lit up at all. But there is some upside to be had. So that brings us to your recap. Kershaw and Archer 1-2 and two up top. 
Your middle tier, I go Lamette, Hap and Tyon, 2A, 2B, then Nelson. And then below, I go Jaime Garcia, Urena, Ramirez, and then Sessa. Let's get into your bats on the eight-game slate. We kick it off with your catchers. Garcia or Gary Sanchez at 5,100 if you want to punt against James or go big against big game James. You got Yosemite Grandal, 4,100 versus Ramirez. Russell Martin's been swinging it well. He's facing Ubaldo, and you get him at $3,700. It's not bad at all when it comes to Ubaldo. Let's recap. Jays have a 5.58 total, which is highest on the evening slate. Lefty's hitting 397, righty's 314 versus Ubaldo. So highest total on the evening slate goes to Toronto. Uh, Ria Muto versus uh, Lugo at 37 is not bad at all. There's upside there. Uh, Manny Pena, 3,500 versus Bailey. If it's Pena or Vote at 34, I like either one against Bailey. Has nice, nice upside with your uh, Milwaukee catcher. Not bad at all. Uh, Mezzarocco, some power upside versus Nelson if you want to go there. Uh, if you go farther down the list, Wellington Castillo loves facing lefties. If you're not using Hap, uh, Castillo at 3100 bucks, some nice upside versus Hap. Chris Hemenez, 3200 should get the start against the lefty Price from Minnesota. There's some upside there. As you go down the list, Austin Hedges versus the lefty Jaime Garcia at 31 If you're not using Jaime, Hedges is a nice, nice value play there. Kevin Smith against Sessa for the White Sox, 2800 bucks as a punt. Um, outside of that, not too much to fall in love with unless something else comes out in the lineups at the catcher's position. Going over to first base, we have Cody Bellinger. He is as automatic as it comes. He's 5500 bucks against J.C. Ramirez, first base outfield eligible if you're paying up. You got Joey Votto, 4700 I mentioned Nelson's super risky. If you're not using Nelson, Votto is in a really, really nice spot tonight at $4,700. Um, you have, yeah, 302. Logan Morrison, 4500 versus Tyon. Uh, Lomo's pretty much always in play these days. He's playing really well. Eric Thames is 4400 He's against Bailey, which is a phenomenal spot in that ballpark. He is struggling a ton. So... If you don't want to use him, I get it. He's averaging two points in his last 10 games. He's really, really hit the skids. It's a phenomenal matchup against Bailey in, in Great American Small Park. But it's a heavy price tag. You almost would rather pay you know, Lucas Duda 4400 versus Urena. I'd have no problem with that. you got a Mets total of 432, but lefty's 318, righty's 333. I can see it. Uh, but Thames is in a great matchup if you want to go that direction. Uh, Justin Smoke, 4,300 versus Jimenez. Smoke went deep yesterday. Great play. Mentioned how lefties crush Ubaldo. Smoke, 43, is phenomenal. Um, Trey Mancini versus Happ at 43 has some upside indeed. Matt Adams versus Lamette at 42. Mentioned lefties crush Lamette, so there's definitely upside there. Will Myers at 41 versus Jaime Garcia. If you want to put a little Padres action in play, uh, the right-handed power bats are not the worst things you can do. Mitch Moreland at 4K against Kyle Gibson. Great mid-priced first baseman. Mitchie two bags, averaging seven points his last 10 games. His last four, he had three yesterday with a 19-17-14. He's streaking right now, and he's playing well, batting cleanup for the Red Sox. Overall, the Red Sox are dreadful to watch and play in DFS because they're the most inconsistently frustrating thing in baseball. So it's really hard to, to recommend stacking them over and over. Just The upside's there. It's just so bad, so bad. But Mitchie two bags, even if it's a one-off at 4K, is not bad at all. Justin Bohr, 3,800 versus Lugo. That is a tremendous price tag against Lugo. 
the Marlins, 468 to total, lefties 303, righties 286, small sample versus Lugo. Bore at 38, tremendous upside. <clears throat> Kendrick Morales, 37, like that quite a bit. Um, lots of, if you're not paying for smoke, but you want Toronto, you save 600 bucks on Morales, very solid. Uh, Kenneth Vargas, if you're fading David Price, he's 3400 bucks. He crushes left-handed pitching. He's a switch hitting first baseman, DH um, for the Twins. Crushes left-handed pitching. And with that monster, he might see it tonight. Uh, Kenny Vargas, 34, definitely on the Dom radar. Josh Bell at 34, always upside, never owned, always cheap. Albert Pujols mentioned his history versus Kershaw. Uh, it's $3,200 if you feel frisky. I wouldn't really go there, but if you feel frisky, I understand it. And that's about it at your first base position. Let's head over to second base. We kick it off with Brian Dozier at 46 for his price, which is great. We love Dozier versus lefties. That's definitely in play. Uh, Scooter Jeanette at 43 versus Nelson. Again, if you're fading Nelson, Scooter, very much in play. Like him a ton. I've been recommending him a lot lately, and he's earned it. He's averaging 14.2 DraftKings points his last 10 games. He went deep yesterday for 16 points. Last four games, 16, 9, 7, 27. Then you go 10, 19. The dude is hitting the baseball right now. Not bad at all with Scooter. Uh, Chris Taylor at 42 is okay for the Dodgers. Eric Sogar leading off. He's up to 4200 bucks. It's hard to pay that price tag for a guy that doesn't hit really many any home runs, period. But he's, if you're stacking the Brewers, I get it. It's just tough. He's not a bad play. I'm not telling you don't play him. It's just it's tough when he's not hitting home runs. On a slate, we're going to see home runs, like a lot of them. Jonathan Scope, 4K versus Hap, has power upside. Um, Brandon Phillips, Lamette does pitch really well versus righty, so beware. Uh, Josh Harrison, 37, second base, third base eligible. If you're on a fade archer a bit, not bad. Jose Perella, batting second usually against Jaime Garcia at 3,600. Nice upside there with Perella at the reasonable price. As you continue to go down the list, uh, Chase Utley at 33 is some value if he gets to play. Uh, Yolmer Sanchez has been hitting towards the top of the order lately. If he's doing that again at 3K, tremendous upside at second base. He's been hitting it really well the last few games. He's averaging 5.6 points in the last 10 games, 5 and 12 the last two nights. Um, it's a, kind of a pun at 3K, so it's not bad, especially top of the order for Sessa, who might not go deep, and then you get some... Shaky middle relief from the Yankees, so that's not bad at all. Uh, as you go down, you could look at the likes of uh, Featherstone's been playing for Tampa Bay lately. He's a righty bat, but he's got some power upside versus Tyon, but I wouldn't go too crazy trying to, to fade him with something like that. Third base, Travis Shaw in Fuego. I can't recommend him enough right now. Against Nelson again, or he's against Homer Bailey at 4800 bucks. He is a great play tonight. He had 21 more points last night. He's had three straight 20-plus point performances. Three straight games of home runs. The guy is just crushing the baseball. Longoria at 45. He's been swinging it really well. He's in play. Justin Turner at 45. Josh Donaldson at 43. Miggy Snow versus the lefty Price at 43. It's a nice power potential there. All those guys are in play. If you want to go down a little bit, you got Todd Frazier at 42 is not bad. Machado at 39 is okay. Chase Headley, who I haven't recommended a ton lately. He had 10 points yesterday. Last four games, 10, 0, 15, and 11. 
He's and eleven before that's so a four of his last five have been double digits. He's swinging it better and he's facing James Shields. Headley's thirty eight hundred bucks. Uh, should go low owned and he's mid priced. So there's some upside with Headley at thirty eight. Eugenio Suarez power upside at thirty eight as well. Um, you got. Matt Davidson at 34, a price tag has plummeted as he has slumped after that insane tear he was on. He has slumped mightily. You still know that power is legit. It's there. He's facing Sessa. First base, third base eligible at 34 if you want to be different. Um, as you continue to go down, you know, you know that score, it's lefties well. It is Kershaw. It's 2800 bucks. Mention how he's been giving up home runs and a lot of power if you want to. You know, take some gambles. Yonel's not the worst gamble you can take. Thirty-eight hundred bucks. He or twenty-eight hundred. He hits lefties really, really well. Shortstop Xander Bogarts, forty-nine. As Drew Cabrera's day today, he's been on fire. He's forty-three hundred bucks. If he plays, he's a very good play. Very, very good play. Uh, you got Eric Sogard. I mentioned at forty-two. Didi Gregorius went ding dong last night. He's only thirty-seven hundred bucks. Yankees are priced relatively cheap on certain positions. Like relatively cheap. I'm liking some of this. Um. Eduardo Escobar, 36, switch hitting versus Price. Same with Polanco, 36 versus Price are okay. Orlando Arcia, uh, talked to one of the Twitter followers, Sam, about him yesterday. He asked some questions. He's averaging 8.4 points his last 10. He's having a really good month of June. He was a high-end prospect, getting his feet wet, hitting five or more points in four straight games at 22 two games ago. He might not go off every day, but the potential is there in a matchup versus Bailey in that park at 36. There is some really good upside. Um, as you go down some more, Tim Anderson's 32. That's not bad. He's swinging an okay stick right now. Anderson Simmons, 3K, hits lefties well, went deep yesterday. It is Kershaw, but 3K, there is upside with Simmons if you're fading Kershaw. Um, I want to make sure I don't pass my guy. He's been just crushing it for me right now. Uh, a guy to keep an eye on, Tyler Wade, got called up by the Yanks. He's a left-handed bat, likely to get a start versus Shields, I'd imagine. He started last, or yeah, he started last night. Went one for five with an RBI double and a run scored for nine points in his first start. Came up out of Triple A. You know he's not a world beater, but he's not bad versus Shields. At twenty uh, seven is not bad at all. Ronald Torres, third base shortstop eligible. I've been recommending him as value. He's twenty hundred tonight. He had nine more points last night. Five or more points in three of four. Been playing pretty well. He's got shields, uh, righty righty, but still good. Wade, don't forget Wade, twenty seven. That's some sneaky, sneaky value if he finds a way to get get going. Our boy JT Riddles, twenty three hundred versus Lugo. That's not a bad punt play either. He has been struggling a ton, but that's there's a lot of upside against Lugo at twenty three hundred bucks. Going to the outfield, Judge at fifty seven. Yes, Bellinger fifty five. Yes, Mookie Betts has. Um, there's always upside with Mookie. He's averaging 5.8 points his last 10 games. So keep that in mind when you're paying 5K for him. But he is facing Gibson. I can understand why you'd use him. It's just frustrating with Boston. Corey Dickerson, 4700 bucks. Yes. Um, Ryan Braun. I wanted to bring this one to your attention. He went deep yesterday, his second game back from the DL. He's 4600 versus Homer Bailey. And one may say he likes to face Homer Bailey as he has... Dun, 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 12 for 37 lifetime, 324 average with four doubles and two home runs against Bailey. Ryan Braun, great play today. 
Giancarlo Stanton, 46, always in play. Suspettis, 45. Brett Gardner, 4,400, always gets overlooked when people look to build their Yankee lineups. He's been really, really good all year, leading off. Um, good upside versus Shields today. I can see Gardner going deep, 4,400 bucks. Jock Jams up to 44, swinging a good bat. Adam Duvall against Nelson at 44, back-to-back games with homers. Uh, like him a lot. Trey Mancini, Benintendi at 43. Keon Broxton at 4,300 versus Bailey. Broxton's had an insane month of June, swinging it really, really well. He had two points last night, but prior to that, 12, 31, 13, 18, 2, 12, 7, 5, 3. That's his last 10 games. We saw a stretch there where he's crushing it. Averaging 18.3 his last 10 games. 4,300 bucks versus Bailey. Good upside there. Mentioned Scooter Jeanette already. Uh, Steven Souza's 42. Bautista, 41, leading off versus Jimenez. Love that. He went deep for us yesterday. Jay Bruce, 4,100 versus Urena, is definitely in play. And Ciarte, 41 versus Lamette. Billy Hamilton versus Nelson at 4K. I like a lot. Get on base and steal. Now, uh, Hamilton, 7 for 23, small sample lifetime. He does have nine stolen bases in games versus Nelson. Just want to throw that out there. Um, just keep that in mind. Uh, a lot of these stats accumulated by the Reds were when Nelson was really bad the last few years. He is better this year, but you could see a blow-up coming tonight. Our man, the Grandy Man, went deep again yesterday. He's averaging 13.5 DraftKings points his last 10. We're talking 20, 14, 25, 12, 12, 21, 24. That's his recent stretch he's on. Um, 4K against Urena, who's giving up the second worst barrel fit the last 30 days. Yeah. Nick Marcakis, 4K. Milky Cabrera, 39. Both okay plays. Ozuna, 39 with power upside. Kemp, 39. Malik Smith leading off at 38. Uh, on a night like tonight with uh, as much dongage as I can see coming in baseball. Yeah, that's a phrase you should clip out. Um, it's hard to play Smith. He's been great. He gets on. He scores. He steals. I get it. So if you want to play him, I have no problem. You're going to want to focus on home runs tonight. Like Scott Shebler's 38. Same price against Nelson. Much more power upside. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, 37 versus Shield. As much as you know, you might not like Jacoby Ellsbury. He does have some power potential facing a guy like Big Game James. You can understand potentially using a guy like Jacoby if he's uh, where he's at in the lineup. So keep an eye on that. McCutcheon's down to 37 versus Archer. If you're not pitching Archer, there's good upside there. Not recommending running to him, but there's upside. Same with Frazier at 36 for Pittsburgh. I can understand both. You got Adam Jones and Grossman at 36. They're okay plays. Don't mind them. Trumbo, 35. Cameron Maidman is 35 versus Kershaw, which was a little cheaper. Uh, Christian Yellow is only 35 versus Lugo. It's better than the 3K, 3K we've been seeing, but 3,500 for Yellow versus Lugo. Don't mind that at all. That's really good upside. Really, really good. Uh, as you continue to slide down now, it gets much more bleak as you would expect. You got Kepler at 31 versus Lefty. Probably not. Uh, Adam Engel at 3K. He went deep again yesterday. He's been bad ninth. So if you want to do like a reverse stack or a one-off, that's fine. He's averaging eight DraftKings points his last 10. I loved it when he was leading off at 3K. Still not bad as a punt outfielder at 3K. Bat ninth against a guy like Sessa. I can understand that a lot. Uh, Cole Calhoun's 3K versus Kershaw. Probably not, folks. Uh, Joey Rickard should be starting against the lefty Happ. He's 2,900. I can see that as an option. Hunter Renfro, power upside, only 29 versus Garcia. He had a triple last night. 
So there's upside with Renfro there. Indeed. You got Gregory Polanco, 28 versus Archer. I probably wouldn't run to that one, but it's there if you need it. And as you wrap it up, um, there's not much else. You know, Byron Buxton's 25, but I'd probably just say no and go somewhere else. You know, you know the upside's there, but it's not scary, scary upside. So there you have it, your eight-game evening. You got Kershaw, Archer, 1-2 up top. Your middle tier, like I said, you got Lamette, 7K. Pap at 87 and Tyon, 75 by 2A, 2B. Nelson, 86 uh, at Cincy. And then your bottom tier, Jaime Garcia, 67 at San Diego. Urena, 68 versus the Mets. Ramirez, 56 versus the Dodgers. Sessa, 53 at the White Sox. Real quick, your stacking options tonight. The Blue Jays mentioned highest team total lefties 397 versus Ubaldo righties 314. Blue Jays definitely in play. Boston versus Kyle Gibson 549 total lefties 387 righties 347. Everything lines up for a phenomenal night for Boston as it usually does, and they always disappoint. Do what you want there. I have no problem using them, but just beware for the letdown yet again. But the upside is tremendous. Yankees 543 total versus Shields love the Yanks. Mentioned a lot of guys some value with the Yankees. Besides the obvious ones, there is value there. 374 average uh, for lefties and righties versus Shields. I didn't even mention Austin. He's a right-handed bat, so I'm not sure he'll start tonight. But if Austin starts, uh, he's got upside in the outfield. So you got that going for you. White Sox versus Sessa, 507 total. There's some upside there with the Sox. Reds versus Nelson at 502 and Brewers 498 versus Bailey. This game has exploded both nights, and it definitely could again today. Well, actually, it wasn't as explosive yesterday. It was only 4-3, to three, but they were all like home runs, which, boom, we'll take it. Uh, for the Reds, lefties 325, righties 344 versus Nelson. For the Brewers, lefties 414, righties 362 versus Bailey. Yes. Um, you got some Marlins versus Lugo. It's not bad. Twins versus Price is very sneaky. I like that as a sneaky stack if you want to go that direction. And then it gets kind of bleaker. You know, your right-handed bats versus Jaime Garcia. Um, lefties 318, righties 333 versus Jose Urena if you want to fade that direction. But some low, lower team totals down here to pick on if you want. So there you have it. You have a five-game early, eight-game late slate. Tons to target, pitching, hitting, the works. Um, good luck tonight. Hope everybody does well. Check out uh, NASCAR will be coming out here today or tomorrow, hopefully. That'll be good. Again, going to Daytona. Um, around the bases, episode 18, really good one last night. With myself and Boston Mo, that is available and will be posted shortly. Um, and Bench with Bubba, episode 43, I had Doc from the Sports Degens at positive underscore big on. We talked MMA, UFC, Bellator, lots of talk there. Tons of NBA talk with Doc. He's very knowledgeable in the NBA as well. And a little bit of football and college football to wet your whistle at the end. A little bit of everything, as always with Doc. I love recording with Doc. We have a good, good back and forth. And um, he's knowledgeable in so many sports. We can just kind of... Riff where we want to riff. So always a good pod with Doc. So check out Bench with Bubba, episode 43. Uh, but more importantly, let's get at it tonight. Uh, some good stuff. Early slate's not bad. Late slate's pretty juicy. Um, if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter, at BDNTrick. Check us out at thesportsdgens.com, thesportsdgens.com. Uh, but more importantly, good luck tonight, and I will catch you tomorrow.